Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Users First, a UX Design Podcast. I'm your host, Alessio Ferracuti, and today our special guest is Brendan Reynolds. Brendan is a user experience designer based in Melbourne. He's a very active member of the worldwide UX community. In fact, today he will share with us his ways of networking and how he joins events and bootcamps and how he's able to meet other designers even remotely nowadays. After completing a general assembly 12 weeks program, which was all documented in a daily journal available on Brendan's site, which we'll mention later, Brendan decided to work on his own project and he designed and launched a website application called Farter Global, a website aimed to help reduce job search fatigue in Australia. Welcome to Users First, Brendan. Congratulations on the opening of uh, Farter Global. How are you today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. It's amazing to hear. Um, I know that in Australia right now it's a bit uh, late. I know that there is a big uh, there is a big gap between my time and your time. Uh, what time is it there in Australia right now? Uh, it's just reached eight twenty p.m. So not too late. Sounds fantastic. Sounds fantastic. What do you do in your uh, spare time in uh, Melbourne? Right, you're located in the, in the city, the main city. Yeah, so Melbourne, so just out of the city, I'm located in a suburb called Point Cook. So it's about a half hour drive from the city center. Is there, um, is there a lot of things to do right now, uh, even though there is, you know, uh, more quarantine restrictions and, and so on? Is there hobbies that you can do? Uh, well, at the moment, yeah, working on own platform, global. Um, there's not a lot to do. Hobbies wise, I mean, we are under the restrictions of only being able to travel a distance of five kilometers. So at the moment, yeah, making most use of online world uh, slash a bit of online shopping as well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can feel what you're saying. Um, I started online shopping since the whole this whole thing started. I I didn't even do it before, and now I'm just like every every week I'm buying something that I I don't actually need. <laughs> Yeah. Our hobbies have completely changed. And even here in the UK, there, there was this uh, five kilometer rule until until last month or a couple of months ago. It was uh, just nuts, you know, because you can't you can go anywhere. You, maybe you want to go a bit in the countryside, but you can't because it's over five kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to deal with it. What mm. was the general assembly uh, immersive program like? I've heard of it. I've heard many people taking it. Uh, you took it yourself. It was tw- 12 weeks. Um, what was it like? Did you, did you enjoy it? Yeah. So for me, it was an interesting experience. I spent the first two weeks inside the classroom. And at the end of the second week, we were told that they would be shutting down the campus slash, you know, multiple campuses around the world. I don't know if that was all of them. But yeah, it was an interesting transition into online learning, but I think that it was so beneficial to have that experience and be able to get set up at home, get a chance to study remotely. And as a way, especially as a UX designer working in industry, I mean, yeah, it was a really good learning experience. Amazing. And what, what did you learn there exactly? Like, for example, there is some uh, boot camps and some courses that teach you, for example, uh, just research. There is some other places that does just teach you strategy or 
or uh, prototyping, what, what do you learn exactly in that immersive program? Like everything from end to end or just specific parts of, of designing? Yeah, definitely. So in the UX industry, there is a common terminology, mainly in reference to the double diamond. So with General Assembly, they do focus on that teaching. So going through that whole double diamond, the listeners out there who aren't too sure with the double diamond, it refers to the whole process of the UX design process. So starting from the beginning, in one and the first half of the diamonds, you have you know, your research, and then you are synthesizing your research into finding the common trends, finding out, you know, where you're going to go next. This is research-driven design, and this is a big part of UX. The next half of the double diamond will be looking into now turning those research-designed findings into wireframes, into prototypes, into, uh, well, looking into how you're going to build that product. So it's starting to hypothesize about how you're going to solve that problem. And then working into, you know, starting off paper, pencil and paper and grayscale and then moving into digital. But the important thing is always validating those designs step by step. So right from the beginning up, always validating that research. Love it, man. I mean, that's a great reminder of um, what we should do. Even though I'm, I'm aware of the diamond, sometimes I actually try to sk skip some of the steps, you know, that they're supposed to be taken. Mm -hmm. And it's very um, counterproductive, I think. So definitely uh, having that diamond always in mind, it's, it's extremely important. What is your favorite part of the whole diamond researching strategy, uh, sketching, prototyping? Which one is your favorite part of the diamond process? Definitely. So favorite part of that process, I'd probably say would be the research side, as I think it is the most important. So right at the beginning. So that'll be the first half that is the most important part of the whole, whole process and the whole part of any role of a UX designer. And that's where before even getting to design and you know getting to all the pretty stuff or building something, you need to know what you're going to build and the research behind it. So that's definitely the part that yeah, I fell in love with and yeah, the part that I bring to every single project I work on. I'll definitely yeah, focus a lot on the research side. A hundred percent. And as you know, I've seen, I've seen uh, your work experience. You, you worked with many clients, um, so far. Have you, have you had, uh, the, have you ever had the, the, you know, the issue that actually you had to convince certain client or a certain stakeholder that a research step was important, uh, in the making of the, of a product? Uh, no, I haven't run into that, uh, issue yet. Um, Yet. Yeah, the stakeholders do. Yeah. I mean, it seems like so far, I mean, well, if the stakeholders are open to bringing a UX designer on board, then I mean, they sort of have an expectation that, Very good. you know, they're going to let them take the reins and that they know what's best. It's the companies you worry about that don't have UX designers and have those teams that they're the ones who are going to be reluctant to then do the research and think that, you know, they know what's best and think that just because they see one competitor out in the market, that's their only threat where a UX designer is going to come in and do all the research and back that up so that they know where to lead them next. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's, to be honest, that's the people that you want to work with, the, the mature companies, the mature clients, that they know what they want, they know what they're doing. They're not just hiring designers because it's a hot trend right now. Exactly. So that's the people you want to work with. So mm -hmm. after you took the general assembly, 
immersive program you did something really really cool which i really enjoyed on your website uh by the way it's um brandon reynolds that design you wrote you wrote uh every day uh you made a journal a 60 day journal about your immersive program and you wrote every day what you were doing in the program i mean how did you come up with this idea yeah definitely so i mean i've always loved writing and i've always loved journaling so i mean i always yeah kept a bit of a journal haven't read it as much as I should have, but definitely yeah, I've always loved coming back to it. And so with General Assembly, I always knew that writing in the, like the journal or like keeping track of my studying and what I was covering was going to prove beneficial. And so when I started that night, the first night of my course with General Assembly and yeah, being able to see it step by step and look at the progress that I made over the time, I definitely have found that the learning was um, consolidated. It was, yeah, definitely sinking in a lot more. And I noticed, yeah, back when I was at school, I'd always be having a bit of study time after, you know, after school was finished. So this definitely, I mean, this took care of that and being able to look over those notes and have that reflection on what was covered. Uh, But then at the end of the time the general assembly it was something that i could also showcase to prospective employers it was something to showcase that hey like this guy one like he's very interested in the field he's journaling about it all two he's you know like i wasn't just writing about the day but also uh you know adding my own thoughts and notes and designs and showcasing what i was actually doing and and, you know working with a team so there's a lot of added information inside of that, which showcased how, you know, I would fit into like also a company's culture as well. So there's a lot of benefits to it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I can totally relate with that because I, I used the, the same exact approach, but in a different, um, in a different way. And I know that many people, uh, actually do the same. I, I'm on Instagram and I see a lot of guys that, you know, they're documenting their journey on Instagram, on LinkedIn, yeah. people are documenting their journey on LinkedIn. So there is, even YouTube, there is a ton of different ways that you can do this. And if you're beginning UX, you know, just make sure you actually, you're learning on a daily basis, like Brendan Dean in the immersive program and document it because there is nothing wrong with it. And you can see like your overall product pro- progress. I think that, that is amazing, man. Um, you know, I know right now it's it's um, obviously a very difficult situation and, you know, many people are struggling uh, with furlough, with uh, unemployment, um, also designers, uh, even even though it's uh, one of the, uh, the, the, most, the professions most in demand right now, UX design. Although I, I know many UX designers that have lost their job and they're looking for other other companies. Do you have any thoughts on, on these? You know, be able to be always like in business and be ready for a plan B when you never know what's going to happen to your company. Definitely. So I would say that comes down to being being flexible. So as a designer, I mean, you always got to be flexible and, you know, be ready for change and always, you know, staying on top of what's happening in industry. So same thing. I mean, I, before I was looking at studying designing, I was looking at studying programming and these industries are ones that are rapidly evolving, rapidly changing. And if you're not staying ahead of the curve, then you're going to be, you know, well behind the eight ball. And so, Mm -hmm. With designers to stay in demand and in the industry, I, I 
haven't got a lot of specific industry experience as I've only gotten, you know, inside the UX field, like within the last, you know, year that I actually discovered what UX actually was. I mean, mm-hmm. as many people have, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, met my general assembly course. You've been in it so, like a lot. You, you can tell. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, it happens to a lot. Uh, and, but yeah, from what I've learned, definitely uh, one thing I can probably say is that oh, it's always about yeah being flexible and working on keeping yourself up to date with what's happening. So that could be terminology, knowing where you fit inside a team as well. As so when I've spoken to people, recruiters and hiring managers and people and prospective employers, they always want to know that, you know, where you're going to fit in that team as well is very important. Um, knowing what your role is. So they really want someone to come in and just sit down and be able to do the role that's expected of them. Uh, yeah, I think those are the main points. Um, Mm -hmm. how do you stay up to date? Like you mentioned, you know, it's, it's important to be on top of the curve. Well, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your tips on, on that? Yeah. So that could be, I mean, at the moment, what I do to stay up to date is I am always looking at sites, portfolio sites like Dribbble, Behance, Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, the latest designs. I am on top of the latest products in tech. So looking at product hunt, uh, connecting with people on LinkedIn. So making those active connections, I am attending meetups, um, you know, looking at, you know, meetups to attend, uh, you know, that could be on meetup or it could be on Eventbrite. Um, also, yeah, looking at putting my skills to use as well. And this is another big point. So, you know, as we'll get to it with further.global, but yeah, it's definitely something at the moment with a lot of people looking for work, especially in reference to bootcamp graduates as general assembly is, you know, using the same formats to just, you know, teach people through and then they'll put them out into the market that a lot of graduates are going to have, you know, the same portfolios and the same projects, you know, they're going to have. So it's definitely trying finding ways to separate yourself from the pack. And that could be, you know, putting those skills to use and building your, you know, something real as well, building something tangible um, to not just showcase another case study that, mm. you know, 10 other people have shown them. Yeah. Like a, another dribble picture. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope people took notes because you just gave like some golden nuggets, which I keep on giving to people like all the time, but nobody listens to me. Eventbrite, Meetup. LinkedIn, look at other people's portfolios, look at other websites, do a competitive benchmarking on a daily basis. People take notes if you're new to the UX design because this is important. Also, um, Brandon, I, I was wondering, um, how do you, how do you connect? You know, like these are, these are all ways that, uh, you know, we're working before, um, coronavirus had happened, unfortunately. Um, and a lot of people tell me, yeah, you know, but I, uh, I can go meetup or Eventbrite because now meetups are not physical anymore. What do what do you think about that? Can you still do these things remotely, like meet other people? Definitely. So I mean, there are a lot of events, and I mean, this is where you know Meetup and Eventbrite have yeah really shown uh, shine through. I mean, there's a lot of you know live Q and A sessions. You know, even referencing back to General Assembly, they've had a really good event recently, a partnership with Fiverr. So they actually had a a questionnaire with founders, you know, including my career advisor, you know, Hugh and Latham, uh, talking about, you know, how they got to where they are, 
um, and, you know, the struggles there. So, I mean, there's definitely events happening. And the one with General Assembly, like that one was free, you know, with Fiverr. So, I mean, there are events out there. You just have to be looking for them. Um, and also, I guess that sort of goes with knowing where to look as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that one was on the General Assembly website that you can find events and, you know, they'll give you links to what's happening. Uh, but then, yeah, as I said, meet up, you know, Eventbrite are just two options of many and being able to find, you know, yeah, the live Q&A sessions that happen over Zoom or, you know, another websites, uh, especially another option as well is also finding Slack groups. So Slack groups is also a big one, which I'm actually in a couple. Um, there is one at the moment. I'll see if I can bring it up. Uh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, Slack, is a- Slack is one of my uh, favorite channels. I mean, if you can use it at your advantage, you can, you know, you can get you can gain a lot of exposure. You can make a lot of good connections. I'm I'm in around twenty uh, UX Slack channels, so mm-hmm. sometimes my email just goes nuts, and I have to yep. have to switch off all the notifications. Uh, which which uh, channel would you suggest to to other people? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I am looking at signing up to more, but at the moment I'm only signed up to three of them at the moment. So I've got a uh, design ops. I'm signed up to them. Uh, I am on the super high group. So this was a website which I was studying with before I got into general assembly. So super high is a website sort of along the lines of, you know, more guided learning. So not like, you know, Udemy or Coursera or those sort of websites. This was more video-based learning that seemed a lot more structured to me. And I really liked the way that they explain things. So a little bit more expensive um, than, you know, like your basic, you know, $15 course on Udemy. But yeah, I found it to be a lot more beneficial. Um, and so 100%. they had a Slack group for, you know, all their members there. So it's also a great, you know, resource I find to... Um, to find people for user research and testing as well. I found a few people there. Um, and then also with further.global as well, reaching out to them um, to also show and tell and, you know, get a few more people to check it out and get some feedback on that too. So with yeah Slack, there is quite a few good resources in there to um, oh, yeah. groups to check out. And that can be found just by going to Google and typing in, yeah, design Slack groups or, you know, user UX Slack groups. That's the way. Yeah. yeah, actually, on top of my head right now, I I also remember a few channels. Um, one one that I use a lot, where I also have my actually own uh, Slack channel where I post my podcast episodes. It's uh, the UX Design Institute uh, Slack channel, but I think that's a private channel. You have to you can only access it access it if you have been a student of the UX Design Institute. I know many listeners of the podcast are. Um, are from the UX Design Institute. So I definitely suggest, uh, if you're listening to these, to, to go on the Slack channel and connect with other people, add them on LinkedIn, uh, shoot them a message, help them out with projects, you know, connect, don't feel shy. Um, you show yourself as much as you can. Another Slack channel on top of my head is Animation at Work, always about UX design. And then inside one Slack channel, the cool thing is that they have other um, other channels. So it's like channels inside a channel. So you're like a joining one channel, but in the end it's like 10 channels. 
Uh, also like uh, the designership, better UX community, UX mastery, mind the product. Uh, really guys, th- th- there is a ton, just like uh, Brandon says, go on Google, Google um, best UX design um, Slack channels that I can join right now. And also, sorry, I'm, I, I actually bring it up. Like also there is Twitter groups. There is Twitter groups, there is Facebook yep. groups, yep. there is LinkedIn groups. I mean, guys, like you want to connect with people and you're finding excuses not to like, come on, you can literally join like today, like 3000, sorry, 3000 like UX design community groups. Like that's how strong this community is. People sometimes yeah, don't realize it. Yes. Yes. You know, I had a. I have some question about uh, Farter Global, uh, Brandon. Um, amazing website. So for the people that don't know, Farter Global is a website that was created by uh, Brandon and uh, some of his um, uh, colleagues. And um, is, a, is a website aimed to, aimed to improve uh, job search and uh, job finding in the Australia just at this moment. And I would like Brandon to talk a, a little bit ab- about it and, and give us some introduction and how uh, can uh, Farter Global be a more comprehensive job platform than other uh, job platforms at the moment? Yeah, so Further Global was built first for anyone who's interested. I mean, this has been a bit of a work in progress from October, 2016. So, I mean, it has undergone quite a few changes from the beginning, uh, but there was a lot of learning there. And as you know, anyone who wants to read the story, they can on further.global in the resources side, I've written a whole story on the actual creation of the website, which really sort of tells my story and what, you know, been through to get to this point as a UX designer that I would never, I wasn't, as I've said, I, uh, and they discovered that UX was a thing in the last sort of year or so. And that's where I was, when I first started building Global. I had this idea in my head about, you know, there could be something so much more useful. And this sort of started off more as a community, but then as it progressed, it turned into a job search platform this year. Now that was as part of my General Assembly's last project. So this was defined as a passion project. And we started this close to the end of our course. And so as part of that passion project, you know, we would, uh, we were told to write up our own brief and then go off and, you know, take it through the UX design process. So we took it through the, the double diamond. And mm-hmm. so I went off, I did my research and I found that, you know, the biggest problem at the moment that I wanted to solve or what, you know, was there an area that I wanted to tackle because the UX isn't always about solving a problem. It could also be about, you know, looking at something I wanted to improve or change or, you know, some sort of area that I wanted to really focus on. And so with Ferdot Global, it really turned into this job search platform that really highlighted the fact to me that other sites other big sites that people are using at the moment that have not really changed in the last couple of years. And they seem so focused on the employer and really leaving the job seeker behind. They're really putting little focus into the job seeker and the job seekers experience. And this is a quote that I love coming from Steve jobs is that you have to start with the user experience and work backwards. And that's something that I brought to the forefront of further.global on this website. And 
I believe that with every design decision I've made, the job seeker has been right at the front. So that is, you know, what I'm working on. And so at the moment I built up this job search site that already operates better on the job searches side than any other site out there at the moment. And I'm happy to make that claim because that's the feedback that I've gotten better than, you know, major platforms that have so much more backing and yet the user experience is better on my platform. And why is that? Because I'm focusing a lot more on the user, not the business. Now the business isn't left too far behind. They do have the ability still to post their jobs and I've got a the like the ability for them to check out and they can either have applicants apply via email or via directing them to their online site via the advertiser site. But I am looking at incorporating more features for the employer coming soon. But at the same time, when I do that, that's going to mean a lot more features for the account holder. So that's going to be a big account update, which will be coming soon. And there are some exciting things coming to Global in the resources side coming soon. So keep, yeah, keep your eyes out. Definitely, definitely, man. So uh, one of the things that interests me and, you know, I completely agree when you said like, this is, this is a, like a better user experience design, the job platform than, than others. And I can, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, you're probably run like lots of usability testings and you got amazing feedback. And earlier, you know, I was in your site and, and that's one of the things that I noticed. I was like, this site is like so easy to use. There is no like overwhelming information. The colors are, uh, I mean, might seem silly, but the colors are nice. Like there is not, there is not like too many colors. I really like the professional colors of it. The user experience was simple. The job descriptions were concise, the titles and everything. Uh, I mean, very, very, very nice job. What, uh, what, how did you, how did you, uh, work on Fartor Global? Uh, did you apply, you mentioned like a double diamond. So what, when you came up with this idea of, okay, I'm going to make this uh, job platform that will solve lots of the people's problems. What was the first step to, to, to actually uh, be able to make this idea possible? Yeah, definitely. Good question. So the first step right at the beginning, as you know, stated with any project is research. So the first thing was looking at the research and working through that. I mean, well, with this project, it started with actually with the brief. So the first thing to really direct the research was the brief. So in that sort of order, the first thing I did was, you know, first sort of sat down and thought, okay, what do I want to work on? What area do I really care about? As you know, if you're working on a project, you really want to care about if you're going to see it through something that, as you know, Simon Sinek likes to say, you know, what's your why? So this, you know, what was the why for me of this project is a big thing. And so the why for me was, you know, looking at the area that I cared about, which as you know, for the readers of, you know, my story, we'll see that it was always about improving the way that things were done. And that was looking at at the moment, the biggest issue facing everyone at the moment is and they're looking for work and, you know, with COVID and everything, that is a huge impact. And so seeing that, those platforms had had really no update in the last couple of years. I decided that, Hey, like maybe I can, I can do that. I can, you know, take what I've learned and I can apply that. And so starting from that idea to then write up my brief and then with that brief, it helped allow, you know, then the next direction of research. So what research did I need to do? So looking at, 
the research of into the competitors, looking into, okay, what's currently existing, what other people are and platforms are allowing people to apply for jobs and how are they doing that? You know, what are they missing? What are people wanting? You know, so I looked at writing up a Google survey and I looked at reaching out to people in my general assembly cohort to speak to them as, you know, we were all job seekers. So it's really, it was a perfect thing to be working on that project. And I spoke to people on zoom that were in Australia. I spoke to people on zoom that were in America. I mean, I had about 20 video interviews on zoom. I had, I think about 30 responses to the, my Google search form, which I posted in, uh, in Facebook groups. I posted them on LinkedIn. I posted them, uh, on Twitter. I mean, yeah, it was interesting. I got a lot of positive responses into what I was trying to mm. achieve because I think that it was something that really resonated with a lot of people. And the way that I stayed on top of everything with that project was using Miro. So M-I-R-O, a really useful platform to like a, a giant whiteboard. And it was really useful to be able to display everything that I wanted and everything that I needed to have you know, everything to work through and all my post-it notes when it came to my affinity mapping, which the people aren't too familiar with what that means is taking all the top insights from the discussions I had with people and then turn them into all the, yeah, all the notes of the discussions I had with people, then turn them into insights that I could fit on a post-it note and then turning that into decisions to go next for my design. Fabulous. Did you also wireframe in Miro? So Miro, no, uh, why Miro will, I use up to the point of past affinity mapping will then start into hypothesis. So looking into, okay, well, how, you know, looking into creating my personas and looking at, you know, how will this research solve this area for this person? Mm-hmm. So it was looking at, you know, there is like a common line with here with like user needs a, something, a way to do this in order to do that. So when I got to that point, it was then looking at getting out a pen and paper, pencil and paper, and then starting to draw. And that's where I got really creative there. Then I was showing that drawings to friends and family and, you know, people I studied with at general assembly. And then some of those people that I did some general user research with, I reached out to them as well. Um, always trying to get new people as well. But then it was looking at, yeah, trying to validate those designs before spending too much time in, yeah, wireframing, prototyping as if you're spending too much time, you know, making it look pretty and jumping straight into digital, then, I mean, yeah, it's where you've lacked all the initial validation. Yeah, you're missing out on the functionality if you're trying Mm -hmm. to make it too beautiful. And that's why you're sketching too, to make sure that things are actually making sense and having a proper workflow. Exactly. man. Did you did you have like some any any big problems in the making of of a, of a website application? You mentioned that you already knew how to to code, and that is that was that your previous profession, coding? Uh no. So, I mean, it was all a sort of journey. So after I had so okay, a lot of thoughts there. <laughs> I I finished my bachelor. So I did a bachelor of arts. So entertainment management. I did that from 2014 to 2016. So it was really at the end of 2016 that, I mean, after I graduated my bachelor's degree that I really started to sort of reflect on you know, my time and what I wanted to achieve. And 
when I say finished in 2016, I mean, I had further.global registered as a domain in October, 2016. So, I mean, I had all that sort of like set in place for many years because um, I knew that there was something there. And so, yeah, as for anything sort of big along the way, I mean, there wasn't really anything that came up. I mean, as for coding, I mean, I've got a very sort of fundamental understanding of, you know, Ruby and JavaScript and HTML, CSS, but definitely not enough to code this. And that's where I did look into studying and I did uh, studying programming and I did do one term of uh, diploma of IT in the city. But then I found that it definitely wasn't for me. I'm much more on the creative side. It'd be like, you know, being a doctor and a surgeon. Mm -hmm. And so I was definitely looking at, you know, I would love like to be able to design and code, but I definitely found that I knew what I wanted to build and I knew sort of, you know, what I, how I had to do that. But that being said, I mean, I was a bit naive because also, I mean, for those years, like when I was designing, I was designing all the pretty side of it. I mean, I lacked the whole UX side of it because I didn't know that UX was a thing. And so that really delayed that process quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So it really speaks yeah. volume into how important having that UX side is and how important it is to businesses trying to start up that having that validated learning and research side before, you know, building that business, because I mean, that is going to really push you a lot further. Definitely. Definitely. Was, what was uh, the biggest, the, like uh, the hardest part in the making of a website application that you wanted to publish? What was the areas where you struggled the most and you also learned the most from it? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, this was something that I covered a lot in my story on how I built, you know, further for me, I mean, at that being said, like once I discovered that UX was a thing and once I really, uh, started working on it, I'd say properly. And this was where doing, starting from the ground up and doing the research, writing out the brief and knowing how to take the idea of further.global through the UX double diamond and take it through that process. It made it so much easier. And this, you know, it's funny that it almost mm. was like three years of work in a matter of a month, like two weeks. Yeah. Like I made more progress in that amount of time than I did, you know, in the last three years. And it's crazy. Like when I look back and reflect on it, I mean, yeah, there was so much, but I just, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. I think I know what you mean because, you know, once, once you actually know what you're doing, it's so much easier. Like, yep. you know, you know, actually, well, UX design is, is product design. So it's the making of a product from beginning to end. Once, when you start to actually make a product and you, uh, you don't have like any previous experience or you don't know what product design is, it could become, I feel like it could become a loop. You almost feel like the process of making a product is more like, how can I sell to people? It's not more like, how can I understand what people want? And that's when UX design com comes in, I think. Yep. What, what's, uh, what's like, if you, you know, if you had the opportunity to meet some other people that, you know, were having a similar idea, you know, I want to make a website application. I want to improve these problems here and there. And they ask you for advice. Uh, what would you tell them, uh, you know, in order, what, what, what would your top tips would be on the making of a successful uh, product application? 
Yeah. So, I mean, UX is about doing the user research and number one. So, I mean, UI is a part of the UX role, but I mean, ultimately UX is about the research. And so number one tip for them or anyone looking at starting something new or improving or having, you know, the idea would number one, be looking at why, why do you want to do this? You know, what is your motivation? I mean, it doesn't like not even worrying about the product yet or what you want to build. It's why, like, what does this mean to you? Because that's going to be ultimately first determinant to know if you're going to stick it out or not, because it's not always going to be easy. It might cost you a lot. It might build up a lot and it might be very tough at times. So it's definitely going to be the first thing is really sort of solidify what the why is and why you're building it. Then once, if you're like, okay, I know exactly what I build. I know why I'm doing it. Then do the research. So this is, you know, big companies will define this as due diligence. So doing the due diligence of, you know, who's your competitors, having that research. If, you know, you're more of the business side, you're not the, you know, the research side, then get someone on board that does that. You know, do the, you need to do the research to know what you're building and how you're going to go forward with your designs. So that's where if you, you know, have an idea for something, you're not really too sure about the UX side, get a UX designer on board. At the moment, we are fortunate enough that a lot of people are available for work. And so that's with UX designers. There are a lot at the moment. And if you, you know, can afford to pay one, pay one. There's going to be very beneficial. I think that, yeah, for anyone who's looking at building their own product, reach out as well. I mean, the community is great. Like even people will be happy to guide and talk you through, you know, how you can do it. I mean, I'm happy to talk to anyone who's interested in building their own product or, you know, looking at ideas or having, you know, if they've got nightmare stories with offshore developers, I've got them too. Like I'm happy <laughs> to, you know, have a chat um, and, you know, direct them through. But yeah, with product design, I mean, ultimately, yeah, like, I mean, my role has turned from UX designer into a more product designer as I went from concern not only with the user research and the user interface, but also looking at the objectives of the business. So what did I want the business to achieve? I mean, I'm looking at, at the moment, I mean, tonight I was working on the terms and conditions and privacy policy of the website. Like it's getting right into like the nitty gritty things that, yeah, you wouldn't really necessarily consider as a UX designer. But I mean, as a product designer, I'm looking at the whole product. So, I mean, there's those factors that you got to take into consideration as well. For sure. And, you know, I, I love the, I love the tips, man. So if someone wanted to build their own product or if someone wanted to just, you know, uh, get in touch with you, how could they do that? Uh, where, where would the best platform to get in touch with you be? Definitely. So the best platform is, you know, LinkedIn. So looking at, you know, LinkedIn, they can go Brandon Reynolds, you know, Melbourne, um, you know, or come over to further.global. So, I mean, easy as typing that into the address bar and then, you know, finding my profile, which with author profiles on further.global, you can have, you know, about your author, you can have, you know, your email address, your site links. This is a really good way for people who are contributing content to be able to connect with their audience. And this is something that is going to be expanded coming pretty soon. I'm looking at incorporating more author profiles. So this is actually going to be a way to open up for people who are looking at contributing, who are showcasing, they're looking for work, who are looking at mentoring, who are looking at learning. So I'm looking at building 
this community into further as well. So this is going to be yeah, a big update for people to find people, not only designers and you know people in the creative industry, but this is going to open up to the wider community as a whole. Looking forward to that. And I'm excited that I actually uh, invited you now that, you know, you're in the beginning of, of the making of this application. Uh, I'm actually excited. I look forward to seeing the, the next steps. You know, I, I can see your, your ambition and you definitely want to build like this platform and actually help people, which is, you know, you know it, it's awesome. I think that's, uh, that's uh, like you were saying, you know, you have to start from the users and walk backwards. I just love that. And definitely uh, for the listeners, go check uh, farter.global um, because it's, you know, it's a beautiful website. Even if you're not looking for a job, just go have a look. It's amazing user experience. And, you know, if, if you're looking to make your own product, just like look at look at the way the website is made. I think it's awesome, you know, the way this, this, the simplicity of it and the, the amount of information that is there is just like uh, very, very condensed to exactly what you need. And also the visual design is, is very, very nice. Thank you so much, Reynold, uh, for taking the time to, to come to the podcast. I was, I was very happy to, to have you today and I hope um, we can see these progresses soon. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.